every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Yes, guy. Welcome to the first episode, Pierre. This is the first time you heard it. That's why I wanted to see your reaction. <laughs> that series boyfriend? <laughs> that's so good. Uh, oh, who is that? What was that? That's our intro. Uh, yeah, no, I. <laughs> but who's the dude? Like, what? That is awesome, man. That was a gentleman off of Fiverr who does these intros. And uh, oh, so I uh, messaged him. I said, look, I need to get one. Um, he had me write up the script, like what he wants us to say. So I came up with that, uh, whatever tagline thing. And, uh, basically I said, it's a sports show, you know, we're talking about bullshit and, uh, I wanted something, you know, trendy sports related kind of thing, whatever. And he just came up with it. I said, make the, the background music go a little longer at the end so we can kind of fade it out. And uh, that was his first go, and I was pretty happy with it. Dude, it's perfect. Can you play it again? Yeah, you betcha. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Oh, I love it. Is that a huddle? Are they breaking from a huddle? Is Sounds that... like it. There's a whistle. There's a break from a huddle. There's... Hey. Man, that is so wicked. If you could send that guy a thank you on my behalf, that'd be awesome. Yeah, he did a real good job. He did a really nice job. That was That's that's so cool. Man, fiber, you can find anything. Man, wicked. He'd actually do like a closing one too if he wanted to, like... You know, once we get set up and we have our, you know, if we're getting, I don't know, a website or if we put on the wherever, it just says, oh, you know, find us on iTunes and leave a comment or whatever. And he'll do all that kind of stuff where we just kind of plug it in at the end. Wow. Um, anyway, it was very cool. good. I was dying to share it with you. And I'm glad that I got your reaction on. <laughs> Not only do you have my team. reaction, you have my un- undivided <laughs> certain, my support, my unwavering support. It was just fantastic. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, so, Whoa. first episode, first yes. official episode of Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Uh, oh, my God. Unsportsmanlike Convo. It's so easy to say <laughs> conduct because I've gotten a lot of those in my life. Uh, but <laughs> Sportsmanlike <laughs> Convo. Uh, hey, I got a, it's GG football, I think, for a lot of it. I got a lot of them there. Uh, oh, Sherbrooke, no too. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'd always confuse intensity with like dirtiness and uh yeah Listen, I man, you, gotta, hey. you have to have a mean streak to play with the position you played you know you have to have that intensity in the yeah i <laughs> hey listen guys are coming at you yeah hey you know that's it either you're you're getting hit or you're hitting so you might i'd yeah. rather be doing the hitting and uh yeah it i you know whatever it really got you into the game and you know it uh it definitely increased the intensity a little bit, and when you know guys are pissed off and they're coming at you, and you you kind of like it. Sure. I, listen, man, I uh, I think I won't do it today, but I think uh, in an upcoming episode, I'm going to interview you and uh, and talk about your career and talk about some of the ups and downs and uh, highs and lows and 
what what what's it been like to uh, to be a collegiate football player, to have a taste of uh, the pros, um, your experience with an agent, and all that kind of stuff that might be interesting to some of our listeners. So I don't know. What do you think? You know what? Actually, I I actually really like that idea. I think that'll give uh, our new listeners who uh, may not know us personally. A uh, better idea of who we are and what we're, what our backgrounds are in terms of uh, um, sports and and where our opinions sure. come from and 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 that kind of stuff. So I think that's uh, that's actually a phenomenal idea. Perfect, man. I'll get I'll get on it. Speaking of sports, speaking of sports, Stanley Cup finals. The, uh, we finally come to the uh, the finals of uh, the cup. I, I, and I before we get into any analysis of the teams, I, I got to tell you, it's. It's for me. It's always been very anticlimactic to watch hockey when it's when it's warm out. You know, come May, June, I do I become disinterested? I don't know if disinterested is the right word. Uh, not as interested, just because it's warm out, and I've been watching hockey since October for the most part. So. Uh, I'm fatigued and really the off season isn't very long. You know, they go right. They'll be the draft. will be the next, uh, next thing. And then, you know, there's 24 hour hockey analysis on TSN all year round. So yeah. we're oversaturated, but all that aside, here we are. The St. Louis blues took out the sharks. Um, you know, is this, we can talk about the sharks. Is their window closing? Is it closed? Do they have enough young talent still to make it make runs in the future? But the St. Louis Blues came out of nowhere, dead last after Christmas, to go on this phenomenal run. But they're coming up; they're gonna they're playing a juggernaut, Brock. So, what's your take on uh, on uh, the Boston Bruins and the Blues, and who do you got essentially? Well, this is going to play into a little bit of who I got. the Blues have been in the finals. Um, I'm all aboard. I was going for the Sharks. I'm not going to lie. I was going for the Sharks. But the Blues came to play. And uh, their turnaround this year has been one of the most, well, impressive but also uh, surprising comebacks and ones that I never even saw coming because, you know, the Blues aren't in the divisions that I follow as much either. So to see them climb that ladder uh, was was shocking and so impressive. And I'm all aboard. I might as well have a Blues jersey coming in. And actually, if they wear those, uh, you know, like the the paler blue ones that oh uh, the, the the vintage ones. Oh, oh yeah, those are real nice. Uh, mm. Man, these guys are phenomenal. You want to talk about you know their rise from being low bottom tier of the NHL. Uh, I saw a thing where Scott Barry got traded from Vegas to St. Louis. And I guess at the time he was like, you know, I was, uh, I was in Vegas and he didn't really bet on anything. He thought, you know, by this time he should have lost about 500 bucks betting or gambling in Vegas. So before he left, he put a hundred dollars on the Cardinals uh, to win the world series. And then he put the rest of it on the blues. So he put 400 bucks on the blues at 250 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. 
and he was now he's part of the Blues, and now they're in the finals. And if they win, I think it turns into something like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Holy smokes! Yeah, amazing. Wow. But I, well, I, you know, it, I love it. It's a loaded franchise. They, you know, they. It's not like they came into the, into the season uh, thinking it's a rebuild by any means. They have, in fact, they've been competing for first place the last four or five years with a veteran team with a lot of talent. They haven't been shy to pick up guys at the deadline. So uh, I think every, it caught everybody by surprise how poorly they played, I think, is, was more shocking than how they've come back. Uh, nobody saw them being last place in, in, uh, in the, the Western Conference. So, No, I think uh, Bennington has a big role to play in that. Um, the goaltending? Yeah, for uh, such a young guy. Uh, he's been on fire. I mean, both these teams. If I look at Boston, why is Boston in these finals? Because Tuka Rask has been playing out of his mind. No kidding. Like for, I don't even know how old he is, but I thought he was kind of done. And I was, you know, over the last year and a bit, I thought, okay, you know, he's, he's decent, but he's not that elite goalie. Well, in the series that I've watched so far in the playoffs, he has been an elite goalie. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned uh, goaltending. I think you know the Blues went through. I think Jake Allen was still there at the beginning of the yep. year, and they've been they've you know they've they've shuffled through some guys. Uh, Brian Elliott was their goalie for a couple of years, where they just you know band aids, hoping to catch lightning in a bottle kind of thing. But I think they found a guy in Bennington who's young, who could be their goalie, uh, you know, for the next what five ten years potentially. Uh, he's played out of his mind. And, you know, there was a little, I, I don't want to get into it. There was a little bit of controversy before the, uh, the jet series, something he tweeted when he was a teenager. Yeah. Uh, it was completely inappropriate, but I mean, he, he's a teenager. It's over. I think he's apologized um, for him to go on a run that he went on considering there was a little bit of controversy, very impressive for a young man. So what, what I like, what I like about the blues in Boston <clears throat> is that both teams value puck possession. Uh, they value having the puck across the red line versus just crossing the red line and, and bitch slapping it into the other person's zone and relying on their forecheck. So I like puck possession teams. I like teams that like to skate the puck in versus slap it in. Mm-hmm. There are they're few and far between. The old Red Wings come to mind. But uh, that's what I like about both these teams, that their centermen value puck possession and – they, they both can forecheck. I mean, both these teams, in fact, if I were to give an edge to anybody, I'd give it to Boston with, in terms of forecheck. But uh, big boys who can handle the puck, that's why they are where they are. And like you said, goaltending has been a big part of it. So who has the advantage for these guys on defense? Now, we, the Blues seem to be a little bit deeper, but Boston has some um, some quality guys as well. What do you what do you think in terms of the uh, who has a defensive edge in this uh, in this series? Uh, I'm, I would put it still with St. Louis. Um you know, I mean, Chera was a healthy scratch for whatever that was, game six or five, whatever they... Uh, the closer? Uh, yeah. Was he a healthy scratch? Yeah, he was a healthy scratch. Um, game four. I think he was a healthy scratch, or maybe he was... Bang- but whatever, he didn't play. So, uh, but I know he went and got... Um, he went and put his uh, uh, uniform on, all his equipment and stuff like that, so he can go on the ice and celebrate with his teammates after the game, but he didn't play in the game. Um, Interesting. So I think, you know, Father Time's catching up with him a little bit. Uh, I think the Blues, I think the Blues defensive core is pretty solid. Um, So I think as a whole, I would take the Blues in that sense. Now, they're going to be tested because Boston's top guys are rolling again. 
I think the Leafs got as far as they did because the Marchand, uh, Bergeron, and um, Pasternak were kind of slow getting going in terms of the playoffs. But now they're rolling, and uh, that line, as as much as I hate to say it, like they're as good as any in, in the league and uh, pretty scary when you start going. So the Blues defense is going to be tested 100%. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how, because Marchand's a little right? So how does and who does he go against? And Bennington has a freaking little temper on him too, the goalie. So if, for some reason, if I'm Marchand, so I'm putting myself in, into the, the outfit of a weasel here, and I'm saying, who am I going to try and get under their skin? The most effective person you can do that to would be getting in the goalie's mind. And if you can do that, then, I mean, that changes everything. So I'm really, I'm going to be watching to see how uh, how he does that, if he does go about that uh, route and going towards Bennington and how Bennington re- uh, responds. Because uh, I think mentally, uh, Marchand can get into Bennington's head if he, if he goes about it the right way. Yeah, Mar- Marshawn is like, uh, you know, reminds me a little bit about Sean Avery. I don't, he's not as egregious as Avery is. And I, I don't, I think Marshawn is a, a smarter player than Avery was. <clears throat> but I, I look at there's, you know, we, they both teams have stars, both teams have agitators. It's that next level guy that I think is going to be the difference. So, and when it comes to the next level, it's guys like McAvoy and Pasternak and DeBrusque who, who, may swing the tide in terms of the advantage over into Boston because they can just roll three gritty lines at you and keep at it, keep at it. And I know the blues have that, those types of players as well too, but yeah, Schwartz you know, Boston, and Perron you know, fit those bills for a lot of it. Absolutely. That Bortuzzo, been an, a, that Bortuzzo is going to be relied on in order to probably take some more penalty minutes. And maybe that involves Marshawn's face. We'll see, but yeah. And like, you know, like you said earlier, like it's, uh, um, you know, the St. Louis has depth. St. Louis has guys that we don't see much because they, but they play on, in the, is it considered even the West Coast? Like I don't uh, see a lot of St. No, Louis games over the year. So. Midwest, maybe, so, but. Yeah, so I don't, we don't, I haven't seen a lot of these guys up until the playoffs. So whereas Boston, as, as you know, as we know, are playing Montreal and Toronto every second night. And we've seen a lot of Boston over the course of the year based on where we live. But, you know, I, from what I've seen from St. Louis, they also can roll out these third and fourth line guys mm-hmm. who can put the puck in the net. So it's a very interesting matchup. And when I look at it from a, from an aesthetic perspective and, you know, me and my, uh, you know, my, my uniform craze and right. my, my, uh, my love for vintage, anything are the blues aren't, aren't an original six team, but they're that next level of originals 10 or original 12, where they have a lot of history, being in the NHL for so long, um, they have a lot of history <clears throat> being called the St. Louis Blues. They haven't, you know, been relocated. So there's, from a from a historian perspective, I'm kind of happy that the Blues won because there's a nostalgic feel to this series. I mean, I think the last time the Blues were in the Cup, they played Boston when Bobby yeah, Orr was, was tripped. Score so, and sore, yeah. Right, so... Uh, as a, as somebody who likes history and who's somebody who likes, you know, old franchises with history and with a uh, tradition, 
this is the matchup I was kind of hoping for based on the last four teams. But, uh, you know, like, like you, I was rooting for big Joe and, uh, and the sharks only because I want to see him get a cut, but you know, he has, he's undecided about the rest of his uh, career. He's, I think he'll, he'll probably take some time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he still, he could still win faceoffs. He's still big and still a pest and still has great hands and great vision. And, you know, he's still, he's always in the top 10 in assists. So I don't know. Yeah, I was well. Yeah, one for that reason. I would have liked to have seen in the Stanley Cup if you had Joe against the Bruins, right? Because I mean, we're going back, you know, over a decade at this point. But uh, when he got traded from Boston, you know, that's where he started his career, and he was, you know, a young kid at the time. Um, so I know that would have been an interesting. Uh, final I guess to see them uh, see Joe going back to Boston have the opportunity to beat them in the finals um would have been interesting the Sharks I mean overall they just ran out of gas uh, I thought Logan Couture yeah. had played an amazing playoff like better above what he generally would be doing I mean he got freaking 20 points in 20 games 14 goals like kid was doing everything he could but they just ran out of gas they ran out of gas and uh you know they, they they have some talent to to compete in the future they uh you know with hurdle and when couture and uh you know they, they've got the they've got the horses um uh, i i don't you know i think the window isn't closed i think they do need a little bit better goaltending uh, yeah I, I don't know I don't although know if jones Martin, is the answer but jones he played, played well. well yeah in the playoffs you know, I think uh, there were t- there were too many ups and downs for for Jones over the course of the year, but you know he stabilized in the playoffs. Like Tukarask, Tukarask had a sort of an up and down kind of year, but he obviously has uh, upped his game over over the course of the playoffs. But you know, I, again, and I don't want to I don't want to you know pour water over the over a hot flame, but uh, it's just uh, uh, admittedly I haven't been involved in in the hockey playoffs over the last couple of weeks. It, has it been because of our next topic uh, coming up? I don't know. I, I, is it because it's warm out and hockey doesn't, it's like, it's not my natural environment to want to watch hockey when I'm sweating in my tank top. Like, it's just a weird, it's a weird vibe. And it, it, it again, it lends itself to a whole other conversation of like, are these, are these seasons too long? Is the hockey season too long? Is basketball too long? What do we do? How do we fix these, these seasons? How do we f- keep uh, fan interest? A guy like me, who's a fanatic, Am I am I super into this Stanley Cup final, Brock? Are you? No, and I'll tell you exactly why. Uh, it's not because it's warm outside, because it's not even that warm outside. <laughs> <laughs> when the Sens were, were in the playoffs in the Stanley Cup finals in 07, there was nothing better than going to the rink in shorts and flip-flops. It's, it's got nothing to do with the weather. It's because there's no Canadian teams left. There's no teams that you really give a shit about that are left. That's why. And, yes, there's, that's compounded with the fact that the next topic, the Toronto Raptors are tied 2-2 in a series of the Eastern Finals, and they're two wins away from going to the NBA Finals against the Golden State Warriors. So, yes, the whole country is behind the Raptors. There is no real horse for us to jump on in terms of a team from the nhl yes there's a lot of canadians that play and yes uh, i think the blues have more canadians than maybe any team in the nhl um so you want to go that route that's fine i've got people i know who uh are friends that when the sends 
Ottawa Senators were located in Ottawa, were in the Stanley Cup Finals. They were going for the Anaheim Ducks because their reasoning was that they had more Canadians than the Ottawa Senators. Fine. Interesting. You're a Leaf fan. Fine. I get it. Whatever. The opportunity to see the Stanley Cup parade maybe in your city and like be part of that, um, you know, I would think would trump that. But anyway, regardless, there's no team for us to jump on. That's why you're losing a little bit of interest in terms of those finals. You're, you're, you've lost interest. We're moving on to something you're interested in. The Raptors. <laughs> the freaking Raptors oh, were down 2 nothing and came home, had a hard-fought Game 3 win, one that I wasn't sure what to take from it because at the end of that game, Lowry fouled out. Uh, is it Powell that fouled out as well? Uh, yeah. Uh, defensively, they played great and they held Giannis to like it was six points by like the third quarter. I think he finished with 12 and it had gone to double overtime. 12 right. points, and we're going to double overtime to win. So for me, I'm like, what, what to take from that? Great defense, that's fine. We held Giannis to 12 points, but then we still only won in double overtime. So if you, if I was told that you were going to hold him to 12 points, I thought we'd smoke him. And then, but then Lowry and Powell are both out, and we still win. So, you know, I wasn't sure what to take. And then, game four, and they dominate on the scoreboard, on the court. They dominated defensively. Uh, defensively, on game four is where I think the tide has turned. I think they realize now we are to a man a, a more talented team. So the Bucks, the Bucks have Giannis. We, we all know what kind of player he is. He's 6'10". He dribbles like a guard. He runs like a guard. He rebounds like a forward. He dunks like a forward. He's got everything. He can play any position. He's hard to stop. Um, he's a smart player. He's unselfish. He's a good leader. He said he wants to stay in Milwaukee. He likes Milwaukee. So he's, he's playing with pride, you know, not only for the name on the back of his jersey, but on the front. But after that, they're not that good. Middleton is going to be a, a highly sought-after free agent. I like Middleton's game. I think he's he's been compared to um, he's been compared to Paul Pierce, which I think is a pretty pretty high praise. I don't think he's Paul Pierce, but he also has the potential to be Luol Deng. He's he's a he's a six eight six nine you know small forward with good shooting skill. Mm. What what made Paul Pierce so good was that he had a, he had a motor and he had a competitive edge. What made Luol Deng not so good was he didn't have that. So what where is he going to fall at the end of his career? Which category is he going to fall? So apart from those two guys, they're not deep at all. They've got a lot of sure they've got a lot of character role players. Brogdon's a nice player. Mm-hmm. He's not Kyle Lowry. No. Nope. Uh, Mir- Miritich is a nice player. You know who irritates me? What's that? You know who irritates me? Like to look at irritates me. Miritich. No, Lopez. Lopez. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His brother's worse. You know, you've seen Robin Lopez? Uh, does he look brother? like him? He looks, his twin brother looks just like oh, him. He's got a big brother. throw and a big beard. Yeah, he's his twin brother. Oh, yeah. you know what? Because I, I remember watching this game and I was like, ah, oh, I thought the guy used to have a fro. Okay, he doesn't. I didn't know they were twins. All right, then I, I can't stand either of them. <laughs> Robin Lopez plays, I think he's with the Bulls now. 
Um, I, I, not half as offensively talented as Brooke Lopez, but I'll tell you what, Marcus Saul has all but eliminated Brooke Lopez from the offensive end. Uh, after game one, game one, Lopez looked like he was Larry Bird. He was shooting threes from, from everywhere on the court, but they've neutralized him. And he's, he's not an important part of that team. He's not like they, they got him for nothing in the off season. Um, you know, not expecting to do what he's been doing. He's been shooting the three ball pretty good for a big guy, but he's by no means better than Marcus. All Marcus all is an all-star. So you've got two all-stars on, which brings me, brings me to the Raptors. You got two all-stars, all, not even all-stars, all world players. Marcus all is he's playing chess when everyone's playing checkers. And it, unless you're a, a real true basketball um, follower, you know, a, a strategist, you, you may be, the average fan doesn't appreciate what Gasol brings to the table. He's a point guard in a center's body. He may not dribble the ball up the court, but when the ball is in his hands, he sees things that other players don't. And you could tell the teammates can't keep up with his mind. Leonard is the only guy that seems to have a real good chemistry with him. And there was a couple of back backdoor plays last game where Leonard got easy dunks because Gasol gave him a glance and he and he looked. He didn't give him a fucking glance. If you're watching, so if you're listening and you're watching and you're not sure what Pierre's talking about, watch the next game and watch when Gasol has the ball and hangs on for a second. He sets the play up. Last game, there was two or three times I said, "Holy fuck! How does a def? I guess the defense probably has their back to him, but he literally." nods his head like hey go to the right and then leonard just reacts boom passes there easy layup easy dunk like he's orchestrating the play from yes the top yeah it's impressive his iq is off the charts when it comes to basketball on top of the fact off the court he's he's a great teammate like that trade was you know people question it especially after the game one and game two and he wasn't offensively look they're asking him to do stuff he wasn't doing in in uh, in vancouver in memphis you know, in Memphis, it was the grindhouse. They were scoring 70, 80 points a game, making the conference finals with Zach Randolph. And their whole their whole offensive scheme was, you know, let's beat the shit out of teams and bring put, bring the ball down low. And that's what they did. Now he's he's traded to Toronto where the scheme is, you know, five on the perimeter and the ball needs to move. And if you're open, you shoot threes. Uh, look, man, he hit I think he hit three or four threes last game. It's not even his game. And, he, and he's doing it well. So. You know, he but had those a are game changing and, shots. Those are momentum. Uh, like they're giving him the shot almost. Like that's so oh, yeah. you have to make him pay for it, and he's doing that. Sure. There were a couple of post plays he had last game where he uh, he made the defender look like look like a rag doll uh, with a couple of pump fakes, and his, he's got beautiful footwork in the post. Like he could do everything. So uh, you know, if they utilize him correctly. Then you've got Leonard, who is, again, all world in a different perspective. He's all world on defense. He's all world on offense. Um, he's a great passer. He's got huge hands. He doesn't turn the ball over. It's like you've got two all-stars versus one and a half all-stars. And Toronto's all-stars could do more than Milwaukee's all-stars. And again, that's no offense. That's no slight to Giannis, but he can't shoot the three yet. They're backing off him, daring him to shoot. So until he can develop a consistent outside shot, Giannis is always going to be a freak athlete who's going to get 25, 30 points based on his athleticism alone. And uh, until he develops a jump shot, a couple of post moves, you know, he's always going to be sort of that second tier. And I know, you know, people say he's the MVP. Look, I don't, he hasn't blown me away. Has he blown you away? I mean, apart from his his athleticism and his work ethic, um, I haven't been blown away by Giannis. Defensively, he's pretty amazing. 
Yeah, defensively, I mean, he's got the he yeah the gifts for being a great defenseman. Great feet, long arms, you know, uh, good up. So yeah, he's going to be defensively a nightmare. But the Raptors have decided to say, hey, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us by a jump shot or shooting a three or whatever, which you can't do. You can hardly hit a free throw. And we're going to hack you and put you to the line, you know, and make you do that. And the more they do that, the odds are he's going to miss more and it's going to be more in his head and it's going to, you know. So, uh, yeah, uh, Giannis hasn't blown anyone. And for me, the it, it, when, you're, when we're looking at uh, the, all the role players, what's it, sorry, I missed, I missed that. Pardon? What did you say? You smart. You smirked. Oh, uh, because the the way it came out, I said Giannis hasn't blown anyone. Oh, all right. <laughs> right wait. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> thank God, Milwaukee, the city of Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, oh, what do you think? Do you okay. think the uh, the Raptors can ride this momentum into uh, Milwaukee and and get Game Five tonight? Yes, I absolutely, I, I totally think they can. I think fatigue is overrated. These guys are pro athletes. They sleep just like you and I do, but except the fact that when they wake up, they have every possible therapist and trainer at their disposal. They have the best nutrition. So to say they're tired, to say Leonard's tired, he's no, he's not. He's, fatigue is always going to set in no matter what at this time of year when you've played 100 games, but that's not an excuse. They just need to play defense and they need something from Danny Green. <clears throat> Uh, he's been non-existent in this, in this uh, particular series. So they need him, Danny Green to hit some shots. Yeah. Uh, then they need Powell to com- continue to play over his head. Can he play the way he's played on the road is the question. I don't know. If, you know, it's a whole different beast in Milwaukee. So if they get anything from Van Vliet and Powell, love Van continue Vliet. to play good. De- right. Keep, he keeps love working him. hard. He comes you in, know, he's aggressive. He goes right at the basket. Uh, he makes plays, but he makes the defense adjust to him like he doesn't just sit back and try and hit threes like he is actively pressuring the defense and that's what i like he's taking fouls he's getting guys in trouble and these are important minutes every time he's fouled or he brings that up that's a a clock stoppage which is fine but that's he's there to give somebody else a rest so they're on the bench that real life clock is still ticking that's more rest for them he anyway he was great in game four um, do you think Leonard's hurt, like actually hurt? Because there's a big difference between game three and game four. Uh, game four, you know, the role players really picked up a lot of uh, slack and allowed Leonard to, I'm not going to say coast through the game by any means, but he wasn't as relied on, which was wonderful, I think, in terms of his um, rest. Because there's still, you know, there's a minutes you're playing, but then there's minutes where you have the ball and you're going one versus three and you have to score versus I'm, I'm guarding Giannis, make sure he doesn't get the ball, and then the other guys are pressuring on offense or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you, the, your original question is, do I think he's hurt? Yeah. No, I don't think he's hurt. I think he's, he might be hobby may have tweaked uh, an ankle or, you know, maybe felt something funny when he came down. I don't think it's his quad. I don't think it's anything that's been re- you know related to why he missed most of last season. I, I think, I think he may have just landed funny and maybe, maybe pulled a muscle or maybe it's just something that he feels was bothering him. But I, if he was, if he was hurt, hurt, you know, he'd be doing the team a disservice by staying on the floor you know, that being said, you know, the last game, I know that, you know, people say, oh, well, he was, wasn't as uh, up to speed. And yeah, for sure, he had fewer points. I don't think he took as many shots. But if you ever watch when he has the ball, Milwaukee's adjusted where they, they've basically, they're triple teaming him every time oh, yeah. he gets the ball. Yeah. He dribbles down and they, they converge. Even when he's at the top of the key, 
um, off a screen and roll, they double him. So he's, they're making him work extra hard, but they're, it's actually a stupid philosophy because like I said, I think Toronto's role players are better than Milwaukee. So if you want to double them, you know, guys like, uh, Lowry and Powell and Siakam, they're going to get open threes and Gasol is, seems open all the time actually at the top. So if those guys can hit their shots, I'm not, it's not going to be all on, on Leonard. It's going to be the role player guys, you know, Leonard helped them win against Philadelphia because the, both teams were playing like shit, you know, Leonard helped them win that, tri- that double overtime game against Milwaukee the other night. But to win a series, you need everybody. And it's, it, it's going to come down to a game where Leonard scores 16 and everybody else has to pitch in. That's what I think. And I don't, I don't think in today's NBA, you can rely on one guy. Look at, look at the warriors. The, yeah. Clearly it doesn't matter. You know, they're, they're the perfect example of like one guy, our, our best player can, can miss a whole series and we're now we're in the finals. <laughs> so like, you know, it, it's going to be, it's a team game. It's team defense, team rebounding. Don't turn the ball over. And the points will come off off that. And that's that's the, the formula for success. I posted that on Pep Talk the other day. That is the formula in any sport, really, if you think about it. Right? So Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, the Raptors brought a little bit more toughness uh to this series than I think Milwaukee had, which I think that's uh you know, I want to see Ibaka get in the game tonight. I want to see him, you know, be very physical. Um and kind of you know, get get rolling because man, when he gets rolling, that's a that that brings the whole team up. And his intensity, he's probably one yeah. of the more intense guys on the team when he gets going. But his body language when he's on versus when he's off is a big deal. Um, so I want to see him get in early. Now, from a basketball standpoint, like you're, you know, you've coached, you've played a lot of basketball. From a Bucks standpoint. The biggest issue, Giannis is your, maybe not your best overall, but he's your superstar. He needs to get going. They need to create some space for him because defensively, the Raptors are playing him amazing. So Leonard is not giving him any room to breathe. The help and support is coming up at a very quick pace. So they're not giving him a lot of time to to move around. What do you do as a coach? Or, or as a philosophy, I guess, a strategy to get him open looks, let's say. What, like, what would you do from a, from a Bucks coaching standpoint? What would you do in order to free up some space for Giannis? Can you? Well, that's good. Yeah, you, for sure you can. I think what happens with Giannis is that uh, the Bucks play very similar to what the Raptors do. They go, they, they spread the floor. I'm at, in fact, most teams do this now, but they spread the floor. I think what happens with Giannis is that he gets the ball so early in, in the, in the, the, in the possession. So, you know, their point guard will bring up the ball and then Giannis is usually the first pass. So he'll get the, he'll get the ball off the first pass and the defender slops off him so much. They're daring him to shoot that, um, he, he's got no choice, but to make a move. He's like, if they're going to give me this much space, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to drive to the basket. So how do you get him open? Well, you, you run him off some screens. So, I don't see him running off too many screens because he just gets himself, he gets himself open so well, but if he runs off screens and he's still not open, I don't see many ball screens for him either. Have you noticed anybody screening his guy on offense? No, not at all. I I mean, Lopez comes up every once in a while, but, uh, it's usually not Janice's guy though. He usually, it's usually when Brogdon or Middleton has the ball, they'll sit, he'll set ball screens for them. But when it's Giannis, uh, they kind of spread out. 
yeah, everybody just gets the hell out of the way and lets it lets him which go. Which is how so, he normally functions because you want to say, okay, right. let's just get him one on one. And what's he going to do? He's going to triple step around him, cover about yeah. fifteen yards a step, and score. It's very hard and to defend score. him, but uh, yeah, they can't keep doing that. So, in, in uh, it's a funny question because if they he is getting open on on his own, and then once he gets the ball, the defense sloughs off him to dare him to shoot. So. Not only is he getting himself open, so he doesn't require any ball screens, but then he's got enough room to to make a move. And, you know, if I'm the Raptors, I'm just like, if he's going to beat you, let him beat you by scoring 50 points and everyone else scores four or five, you know, because he's going to get his points no matter what, just because he's so athletic. So uh, getting him open, I don't think it's been a problem. I think he's been getting open on his own and he's getting to the hoop on his own. So the problem with Giannis is he, he missed quite a few shots last game. So that's scary for the Raptors is, he, you know, cause when he doesn't miss his shots, you know, he's a 25 to 30 point scorer. Uh, and then once he starts getting to the hoop, the Raptors start converging and then he starts get, getting it out to his shooters. So the key is just when Giannis gets the ball, continue to do what you're doing, back off him, dare him to shoot. If he drives to the basket, designate one person to help, you know, when you, when you converge two or three guys on Giannis, you're leaving two or three guys open, and that's where the Raptors get in trouble. If you notice last game, you know Leonard for the most part had him down in the post, but one guy would come to yep. uh, to double team. That's and because Giannis Leonard's doing such a great job initially. Right, and you know it's like a quarterback, right? You got what two point two seconds to find the open guy uh, and make the read. Well, that's what Giannis has to do when he when he's double teamed. He has to see where that double team's coming from. Sometimes it's coming from behind his his blind side, so he doesn't see who the open guy is. So, um, the Raptors did a great job last game. They didn't do so good a job in Milwaukee because they were they were double teaming from his strong side. So he saw where the double team was coming from, and he would kick it out. And those guys like Ro- Lopez were hitting the open threes. So, what double teaming is strategic. It's got to come from the blind side um, where he's not maybe not necessarily expecting it. Um, if it's a, a planned double team where it's an actual drawn up defensive play, um, there's a designated guy to rotate. So like there's a lot of strategy involved, but the way they played him last game, play him one-on-one straight up. And if he drives to the hoop and you need a little bit of help, someone naturally comes up and helps out. That's the perfect way to play him. Best case scenario. He starts launching threes. That's fuck it. That Shoot is all you want, you know? Yeah. So um, if they can maintain that tonight's their game tonight's fucking huge. If they win tonight. Yep. I don't see them losing in Toronto and Toronto versus uh, golden state in the final. It would be an absolute dream. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they win tonight. It's a big game. Can they win two in Milwaukee in the next three? I don't know. It'll be, yeah, no, it'll be a huge game. Hopefully they ride it. Um, I think, yeah, they're going to put a lot of pressure on, you know, certain guys and they're going to live and die by who can hit. So if Lopez is really hot and they're giving him these open threes, that's going to be, you know, something they're they're choosing to live with. But I don't think he's a guy that can do that. That being said, any listeners out there um, want to support the unsportsmanlike convo and want to send a couple of tickets over for Raptors games, um, <laughs> we'd be happy to uh, uh, take you up on that offer. And, uh, you know, we'll shout you out on the show and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, you know, eventually, Pierre, we're going to get to a point where they're going to want us at those games. Um, okay, so whoever wins this series has home court advantage, and they're going to be playing against the Golden State Warriors. Um, we were both surprised that they won without Durant that easily. Um, this is Draymond Green talking to a reporter. I don't know if you heard this or not. Uh, there was a reporter that was dragged into their pregame huddle, 
And now Draymond thinks that he's like their good luck charm. Draymond, can you talk about... You was good luck today. Are you guys going to fly me down for the finals? Absolutely. Okay, I'll hold you to that. I'll pay for the ticket myself. Let's get together after the, this is over. Hey, Raymond, I got to buy his flight to the finals. <laughs> right here. I ain't paying for your hotel, though. I can do that. All right, respect. All right. All right, so that was the good luck charm. He's going to fly him out to the finals. Um, hope he's got a passport because hopefully that means they're coming to Toronto. Uh, Draymond Green had a triple-double. Uh, one, surprised. Two, don't care. Um, three, still hate that guy. Um, so anyway, uh, Draymond is going to be a free agent, uh, I think, next year. He's scheduled to make $18 million, um, maybe more on free agency. Do you think Draymond does anything if he goes to another team where he's relied on to be like the guy? That's a great question. Uh, I'd have to say he reminds me a lot of a guy like, um, well, just more offensively talented, though. A guy like Rodman, maybe not as... Draymond is actually quite intelligent and off the court. I think he, he knows himself more than Dennis knew himself. Dennis Rodman was very like, I'm still figuring myself out, you know, clearly we're, you know, wearing a wedding dress and dyeing my hair, eight different colors. He was just trying to find himself as a, as a human being, let alone a player, but he'd be the comparison for me. Like, uh, can he go to another team and deal with more losing? Cause not everyone's going to be 60 and 20 you know? Right. Um, so can he go there and lose? He's shown that when they lose a few games, he's volatile. He's in the media. He's been volatile. He, you know, chirped his own teammates. So losing is when uh, people's character comes out. Um, so it's easy to win. So the, sh- the short answer, I don't, I don't think he'll have the same, he might put up the same numbers. Will he have the same kind of overall success? I think frustration will dominate his, uh, his game. And, uh, I don't, I think he's just in the perfect situation. I think he'd be an idiot to move. I would take less money for him to stay. If I was him, if I, if I was his psychologist, if I was his agent, I'd say, this is, this is the best situation for you. If you go mm-hmm. anywhere else, you're going to sacrifice your career, your legacy only because you're going to deal with more losing. So unless he goes to the Rockets, like, and you know, the Rockets are, uh, are at the cap. They don't have a ton of money to spend. So I, I don't see him going anywhere. And if I do see him going anywhere to answer your question, no, I don't see him having the same kind of success. He might put up similar numbers, but what does that translate to? Right. So, uh, to, it's a tough call. Golden state is, uh, has proven to me that if they win the, the championship without Durant, all bets are off. They're going to, everyone will come back. You know, um, Thompson's getting more shots. He looks happier. Draymond green said in the media the other day, he's got to, he's got to do less crying and more playing. So he, he even realized I got to stop whining and bitching after every call and, and just get my head right. So is that Draymond Green on the line? Yeah, from Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> I think somebody was listening to this. Yeah, maybe he was calling me. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. So my, my take on, on Draymond Green is that uh, he, he is showing us what he actually is as a player, which is a, a triple-double potential every night who has a high basketball IQ and the Warriors are friggin' rolling, man, and uh, they they look almost better without Durant. They, there's more continuity to their offense. They they made they made quick work of Portland, and Portland's was a good team, is a good team. So, 
Uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? I know you, I know your personal feelings on Draymond. I, I get that. I have the same feelings for him. I, I don't like his, I just don't like his character. I don't like how he complains about every call, but yeah. when you have to look at the warriors, you know, it, this is their fifth finals in a row in a row. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about LeBron making X amount of times. Yeah. You know, this is incredible what we're witnessing. So are they going to keep everybody? Cause you know, Durant's going to fuck off. He's going to go, yep. especially if they win without him, he's going to be like, yeah, you guys don't need me. I don't need this fucking headache. I'm going to go make my max money somewhere. Bye. So what do you, do you think the warriors keep their, keep their nucleus? Um, do they let Durant walk? Do they, or do they win and say, Hey, look, we won. We can win more with you. Let's stick around. Let's keep the band together. Like, what do you think is going to happen? I think to the, to the Warriors, sorry, specifically not yeah. well, we can discuss uh, Milwaukee and Toronto and how they match up with, with yeah, Golden State later. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, I think they keep the three main guys. So being Curry, uh, Trey, and unfortunately, Draymond is in that uh, category. Yeah. I think uh, Durant uh, does leave. Uh, I don't think him and Draymond necessarily get along too great either. Um, so it's, uh, I think Durant's ready to move on. Uh, but Golden State keeps everybody else. And, uh, you know, I still think they have success. But you're right. That without uh, Durant, I mean, the offense, the ball movement and stuff was, you know, uh, Golden State from four years ago, whatever. Like that's how they played. And if Curry is hot and Thompson's hot, you know they're very hard to beat. Um. Anyway, I'll be whatever. I, I don't even care about analyzing the next series. Let's just get through Game Five. So give me your prediction on Game Five because we're running out of time anyway. So uh, tonight, Bucks, Raps. What do you got? Uh, you know, if it's just a, I, I don't want to do the what ifs. And if, you know, if they do this, then they'll win. If they do this and I, I, I just flat out, I think Toronto gets this game tonight. I think they in Milwaukee's head. I, I, maybe it was Drake. Maybe it was the defense. Maybe it was a combination of both, but they're kind of in Milwaukee's head. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Toronto tonight. And I think it'll be a close, low scoring game, a defensive game. It's going to be edgy. So uh, keep an eye out for guys uh, starting to get in that time of year where, uh, you know, in the middle of the series, game five of a, of a conference final where guys are getting edgy now. So keep an eye out for like some technical fouls. Uh, you know, the coaches losing their marbles. I think it's, we're getting into that feel now. So I could feel the tension from the last game carry over into this one. So I'm going to go Raptors tonight and then I'll take it at home. That's my that's my call and I'm sticking with it. I like it. I hope that you're right because I think a game like that that gets a little edgy, I think that favors the Raptors. I think that they're a little bit uh, stronger mentally. They're also more physical, so they're going to be a bit more of the hammer than the nail, I hope. So uh, a lot depends on what the refs are calling and how they're calling it. But I think, uh, yeah, I want them to put the pressure on the whole time. We yeah. are going out to Gloria, the St. Louis Blues <laughs> win song. I don't know how this is going to work when it goes on iTunes. If they block some of that, I don't know how we get permission to use this stuff. But we're going out to Gloria. And uh, that's been episode number one for the Unsportsmanlike Convo. And <laughs> uh, check out episode two. We got our first ever guest. 
uh, Mike Pinyat, who's going to be on. We're going to be discussing all things Blue Jays. Um, and look for that. So subscribe, uh, follow, all those things. I'll, I'll learn all the keywords that we got to say at the end of it next time. And uh, yeah, welcome. And we look forward to everybody's participation in terms of uh, topics and uh, their feelings and whatnot. So hey, on Sports My Convo, episode one in the books. Pep, it's been a pleasure. Yes, sir, my man. 